Unlike But Savage. I'm your host, Sway, and today we're joined by Joshua, a musician, teacher, husband, father. Today, he's going to share with us his personal journey, his story, and how it deeply connects with music, how it got him through. And maybe by the end of this conversation, you, our listeners, can take away something impactful, something healing. So let's welcome Joshua. How are you doing today? Hi, Sway. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. This has been a long time coming. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's, I just want to let our listeners know, when I first time spoke to Joshua, I was so touched with his story because it, it kind of felt like we were twin flames, but you know, actual twin flames, worlds apart. <laughs> so it felt amazing and so healing. So I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to know about Joshua, about what he's been through and how he's just been making these beautiful changes with his music. So... Let's dive straight into this, Joshua. Tell sure. us your story. Sure. Um, you know, so I, um, I had a, a sort of unstable uh, upbringing that, you know, has kind of left me with a lot of um, anxieties today and, you know, um, kind of uh, tendencies toward obsessive compulsiveness and, you know, the, the things that, that plague people when they have, you know, traumas when they're younger and, um, most of my, my younger years were, were spent moving around and, um, you know, changing schools and, you know, there was some, some emotional abuse involved with, uh, some of my, um, you know, my authoritative figures in, in, in my life. And, you know, so, so today I, I kind of have that, um, with me and, and of course I'm working on that every day and, and, um, but, but it does linger. And, um, so I'm, I'm just here to share those, those stories and, and uh, sort of how I, I deal with that and how music has always kind of kept me grounded and, and uh, helped me to deal with those things and really been something permanent in my life when I had a lot of things that weren't so permanent. Mm -hmm. No, that's... My heart goes out to you. Even when we first spoke, my heart goes out to you. But tell us, so you've got OCD and anxiety. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, definitely have those, those tendencies for sure. Now, how has, you know, whatever you went through your childhood as an adult, how has that impacted you in, let's say, give me two scenarios on a day-to-day -day basis and in the bigger picture? How has that impacted you and how has your, you know, mental disorders or, you know, whatever you're going through, how has that impacted you? Sure. Um, you know, so day-to-day, -day, um, uh, I tend to, to deal with um, kind of varying angles of, of anxiety, you know, um, just things like being concerned with being around people, social anxieties, um, being concerned with, with the future and things that, you know, that I maybe cannot control that I, I feel like I want to have my thumb on, you know, those types of anxieties tend to plague me, you know, little things, uh, and, you know, um, kind of one small thing I do is when I get into into my vehicle to leave for work or something like that, uh, I tend to have these kind of rituals I do with like making sure, you know, windows are up in a certain way or doors are locked in a certain way before I can leave the, the garage and, you know, small things, uh, big things. And um, I, I, I mostly have method for those things today and I'm able to kind of keep myself uh, on the straight and narrow and, and deal with those things, um, you know, in my 
personal ways. Um, I have a family now. I have a wife and daughter. So I'm trying to make sure that that I, I am able to, of course, be there for them even through these these anxieties. And but you know, so those are small things. Um, you know, larger things um, in terms of obsessive compulsiveness. I tend to have a, a very kind of extreme need for stability these days since I, I had a lack of that growing up. Um, and, um, you know, it presents itself sometimes in a good way where I am always planning, always making things, making sure things are in line and, um, and you know, I guess effective. And then it's it can be bad in that sometimes I just can't turn my mind off, you know, so... I am before I go to sleep at night or, or kind of move on to, to other tasks. It's like, I have to really kind of go through a checklist, you know, and I, I have all kinds of lists for things that, that I think I have to do or that, you know, haven't been done or, or even things that have been done. And it's kind of just, you know, it can be kind of a whirlwind sometimes, but, uh, yeah. you know, but it, it, uh, I, I keep it at bay and, and I certainly navigate it the, the best way I can. That sounds wonderful. It's, I, I relate to you on so many different levels, but aside from the OCD, because I don't personally go through it, so I wouldn't know. So I think this would be a good opportunity for our listeners who are probably in the same situation as you, but maybe younger, you know, sure. give us, you know, your techniques. I'm sure one shoe, you know, one size does not fit all, but right. maybe it might help someone somewhere. So share, right. share your method with us. Okay. Um, you know, one of the, uh, the things that, that tends to work best for me is, is reminding myself that if I have a, a pressing uh, thought or pressing uh, issue, um, just remembering that it doesn't always have to be completed uh, right then, you know, so um, uh, I think I've heard it being been called like postponement. So the idea of not feeling like you have to deal with everything right that second, um, because I think um, myself and I'm sure many people, especially if you're not as far along in the understanding of, of how it works, you know, um, thinking that you have to do everything that your brain is telling you right that second or else can be very difficult. And, um, you know, so I think that postponing, so thinking to yourself, what is most important? Um, what do I need to accomplish right now? What maybe can I put off for, you know, maybe to later this evening or not even entertain the thought until later today? You know, it's almost just compartmentalizing what is important right now and what is not important right now. Because sometimes when you have, you know, obsessive tendencies, um, for, for, for sure for myself, um, it's like there's this constant nag of whatever you're thinking about has to be solved right then, you know. Yeah. So I think that's one of the, the big things is making sure to remember that prioritizing it, prioritizing right it it doesn't always have to be uh, dealt with in yeah. its entirety right then okay so i just want to quickly give a shout out to our listeners if you feel like this is something that you relate with do make sure at the end of this conversation you stay tuned because joshua will be sharing with us how you can reach out to him so if this is something that you relate to make sure you stay tuned so you can reach out to him and find out how you know you can dive into this method without feeling that fear of wanting to go to a therapist or a coach you know have that human connection and conversation so thank you joshua for sharing that now what i want to dive into is that with everything you know that happened in the past how do you maintain 
other than the fact that you have this, you know, your little tips and tricks up your sleeves, you know, that keep you on bay for everything that you're doing. But let's say when you were in your early 20s, mid 20s, how was that journey then? Because that's kind of the cusp of adulthood, right? And you've kind of been through everything as in a younger mindset. Now you're in that mindset that's starting to shed. How did you keep yourself you know, from not getting pulled into the darkness, because I know being in a situation like yours, that it's, it can be really, really difficult. So what, what, what kept you going towards the light? Right. Um, so, okay. So I'm 32 today, you know, so my, my, um, my late, late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, all in that area. Um, I, I think really, in the early stages, late teens, you know, 17, 18, 19, I don't think I really realized that I was, I was really dealing with, you know, obsessive compulsiveness. I don't think I really knew that. It's like, you know, OCD, the idea of OCD um, is kind of thought of, I think today is like, um, almost like um, kind of a, a fun way to say you like to arrange things in a certain way, you know, like, I like, like, I like to arrange things by colors and that means I have OCD, but it's, it's not really, you know, that. So I think when I was 17, 18, 19, I would kind of hear that, uh, that term OCD. And I almost just thought of it as like an adjective, you know, it wasn't really like a, something you were struggling with. It was more of just like, a, oh, I'm very particular. Or I'm very, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. I, I heard a lot of that, um, kind of mentioned like in my, in my family, um, you know, how maybe I was just, you know, nervous, or maybe I was just anxious about, I uh, thought too much. That was always a big one. You think too much about everything. And it's like, well, you know, how do I, how do I distinguish between am I thinking too much or, you know, can I not stop thinking about this? So it's like, I, it's like, I never fully dealt with it, uh, in my young teens. I just kind of, you know, accepted it as just something that I, uh, that was just a part of my being, you know, having attention to detail or, or just being, very, you know, uh, honed in on certain aspects of life. But as I got into my early twenties and mid twenties, um, uh, my wife and I, uh, we, we've been married eight years this month. So we, we got married when I was 24. Um, and, um, you know, I think that right in my mid twenties up until probably about age 30, I was starting to see both, um, my obsessive tendencies for what they what they were in terms of positive and in terms of negative and having a little bit better language to put to um, what they what they did to me or kind of how they made me function day to day because of course now my wife is noticing and she's you know she um you know having she has questions you know what of why course. why do you have to do this why why she is, wants to help you out Right. Sure. She's she's trying to relate and trying to figure out, you know, now that we have this life together, lifestyle day to day, you know, what are these things? So it's like I'm, I'm thinking more about it and I'm learning more about, you know, the idea of mental health and other people struggling with those um, um, issues, you know. And uh, so I think it was my mid 20s when I started really paying attention to like, OK, this is more than likely uh, an actual thing that I'm struggling with. Um, I wonder what, where it comes from. I wonder if it's just a chemical thing or if it's a, if it's an environmental thing or, you know, and I started really kind of diving back into my early childhood and I knew, always knew that it was a rocky time, but it's like the way that my, um, family would kind of handle those 
issues. Situations, yeah. It's almost like we would just kind of sweep it under the rug, you know? So it's like the fact that it was in the past, it was not really going to be discussed that much more, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? So it's like yeah. now I'm in my mid twenties, I'm in my later twenties and I'm starting to really think things through as an adult. And I'm saying, okay, you know, we're starting our family and, and, um, so I think, uh, I think, yeah, during those, during the late teens, the mid twenties, the late twenties, I'm really starting to learn what it is, um, by definition, not just as a small part of my being or, or somebody saying, um, you know, I think too much or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, I would say that, um, you know, it's difficult. It, it did take me a little while to kind of come to terms to what is it, what is it, what is it for me? What does it do to me day to day? And how do I start to kind of harness this for both good and to kind of leave behind the things that are not so good? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to say because sometimes from, from my perspective, sometimes it gets very difficult. I remember my like I, I did not have the privilege of you know getting into my mid-20s or early 20s and going like oh now I'm aware I had to become aware like really really young you know especially because of what you said you know my family was the kind that just push everything under the rug everything stays right. there it gets piled up but when I began that process it it just felt too much did you ever feel that, you know, when the awareness began, when I wouldn't say awareness, but when the realizations that now you have the proper term to what happened to you, now you have the idea, the concept of what happened to you, it did it, did it feel heavy? And when it did, how, how did you, you know, sort of ground yourself? Because I know you're a man of gratitude. You've told me this before, and I think that's For something sure. you need to talk about over here. But sure. how did you sort of like ground yourself through those heavy moments? Right. Um, you know, I've all, you mentioned that the idea of being, you know, self-aware, I've always had this notion that, um, first of all, um, I think being self-aware is highly important. And I think a lot of the things that I dealt with, um, by hand of others early on was, was due to a lack of self-awareness and, and being able to really figure out why am I doing what I'm doing and why am I pushing this on somebody else? That's kind of the, I think the struggle for everybody, you know, and, um, so self-awareness is a, a very important thing to me because of that. So I, I try very hard to be self-aware because of that. Uh, I tend to sometimes be too self-aware, you know, I'm focused way too much on maybe how someone else is feeling or how I'm feeling and just kind of, you know, that, that, that empath in me, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you really fixated. To, you just want to protect everyone. Right. You just want exactly. to soak everything in. I, I feel you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, um, you know, I, I definitely started recognizing that very early on because I was watching, you know, like I said, people who were in authority in my life who weren't doing that. And, you know, I was, um, I was a smart kid and, and, uh, this was like right around the time when I was kind of, um, uh, coming into my very young teenage years, you know, so I, um, I, you know, so as I mentioned earlier, I did move around a lot. I, um, I actually went to eight different schools growing up from, uh, from ages, um, you know, K through 12. That's the system that we have in the U S I'm not sure if it's, if it's different where you are, but, you know, so during these 12 grades of school, you know, I went to, to eight different schools and, you know, so, so along with the, the instability at home, the, the, I was, I was dealing with a lot of, um, you know, uh, sort of emotional abuse and, and, uh, at times physical abuse and, you know, you know, um, 
also trying to establish relationships with people around me that I wasn't able to really follow through on because I would maybe move schools or, you know, um, at one point I moved cities and, you know, it, because of all that, it's like I was just constantly looking, looking in. I, w- I would look out and see this kind of chaotic, uh, sorry, chaotic kind of um, situations. And I would, so I would look in, I would kind of retreat into myself. And one of the things that really helped me stay focused on um, not letting the situation get the best of me was music. Um, these days, uh, I'm a musician. Uh, as you mentioned, um, you know, I do have a sort of a, a music project that we're going to talk about today. And um, but, but before I was a musician, when I was still kind of getting into the idea of, of what music was, you know, I was listening to these mu- music artists and, and their songwriting, and it was making me feel less alone. It was making me feel um, seen in these moments that I didn't feel seen or heard. And, you know, at times when I would maybe try to reach out to other people um, in these chaotic times, and I would either have those relationships cut off from me or I would have to distance myself from them, uh, you know, kind of forcefully. Music was really the only thing I had to make me feel not not so alone. And it allowed me to, um, to not uh, get into the you know, things like maybe addiction or, or, um, you know, uh, substance abuse and all of those things that uh, sometimes tend to plague people with more unstable upbringings. And so for me, I was able to kind of really focus in on music. And um, I always, uh, when I mention these things, I always like to, to, to remind, uh, you know, you and, and the listeners of how cliche I feel like it is to say <laughs> that music saved me because it's such like a I guess because so many people, one, have have felt that, but also maybe exploit that idea. Um, yeah. And music truly was was what, what saved me. You know, if it weren't yeah. for my attachment to music then, even before I was participating very strongly in it, I genuinely don't know if I would be here today. And so that's that's a really important thing for me to look back on and 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 to to feel like I need to make sure to always keep that in mind. Um I do play music for a living today. Uh, I'm I'm both a teacher and a performer, and of course I have a music artist project. And but all that to say, I, I try to remember that you know even if there's just one person out there that has similar a similar story, you know music was such a strong medicine for me. It was never something that I just like enjoyed you know dancing to or or you know it was something that uh, that spoke to me on a very deep level, a very emotive kind of kind of level, um, and. Um, and I have deep, deep gratitude for that. Uh, you mentioned gratitude earlier, and that's one of the things I'm grateful for. Um, and I try to remember that, you know. So, so during those heavy times, when I realized that it was heavy, and uh, I didn't have language for it because I was young, you know, music really spoke to me. And um, I uh, maybe I should stop claiming the cliche, the clicheness of that, right? Because it really was that for me. But that's that's you know that was a big part of staying grounded. I, I I relate to that. This is what I'm saying. A quick turn to our listeners. This is what I was saying. I feel like Joshua and I are like kind of the same people, but just living <laughs> like, you know, miles apart. Right. Um, because this is what I just had a, a feature. I don't know, Joshua, I think I told you about it. I just had a feature on a magazine where this is what I use. I'm quoting myself. Music was my salvation. So I do remember that. Yeah. So if there is anyone cliche, okay, we're both in the same boat, (laughs) mate. We're both in the same boat. Right. Because I feel the same thing towards music. And I'm I'm 
I'm not kidding, even till date, the appreciation that I've got for music and what it's given, you know, brought into my life and how it's just made me come so far because I would, I kid you not, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for music. So whatever you're saying, it's the truth. And there is, there are so many people like us out there, you know, it's just, it's really hard because, you know, when it comes to music, the words really touch you in places nobody else sees. You get what I'm saying? So it's just it's just that sometimes it takes time for people like us to kind of realize that, okay, I want to share this pain. So I, I'm, I'm a huge kudos to you for doing that. And I, I, I want to take this opportunity and pat myself in the back too, because, you know, we're all in this together and it's all about healing. Now, when I talk about healing and the connection with music, I've always felt like music wasn't just, you know, something to keep me grounded, but it was a major healing tool. So I want you to, first of all, let me introduce this to our um, listeners. Joshua is currently working on his project, a beautiful music project. It's called The Canary Project. Did I pronounce that right, Joshua? You did. So it's called The, <laughs> the Canary Yellow and it's, yeah, exactly. She she has a great way of saying a canary that's very different than uh, than the way that I say it. And so we, we kind of discuss, you know, how I say it, but... Tell them, let's, let's say how you say it, because it's, it's great uh, too. No, no, I'm not going to say it. Now I just feel so embarrassed, you know. I feel like if I say it that way, I'm going to spoil the magic of the project's name no. itself. Mm. But thank you um, so much for, you know, doing the project. I've heard the music myself, and it's touching. Please tell thank our you. audience what it's sure. about and take us through it. Sure. Okay, um, you know, so... Uh, as I mentioned, I've been playing music for a long time. I do it for a living today in different capacities. Um, I've done it with, um, you know, personal kind of songwriting for many years as well. Um, different vehicles, uh, different, you know, types of names and whatnot. But um, for the last about year and a half, I've been kind of, you know, cultivating this this idea in my mind um, of of how I wanted to take, you know, what music was for me uh, at an early age and and, and really kind of you know, get all the way back there. I wanted to get all the way back to, um, you know, giving back uh, to it and to others in the way that it it gave to me. And what I mean by that is, you know, really not really making um, someone like myself then feel less alone, feel heard, feel seen, um, knowing that other people are going through uh, similar struggles or are really not afraid to navigate what those struggles are. And so the last year and a half, I've really been thinking about, okay, how do I, how do I take my, my songwriting back to that place? Because there was a time when, especially in my, my mid-teenage years, where I was really, uh, that's the way I would write music. It's like I would, I would deal with, maybe it was a struggle that I was having, or just, or just having perspective on, a, on sort of a, a problem or a, a worldly idea that was rooted in, and unfortunately for me, trauma and, you know, maybe a little bit of pain and, you know, just that kind of honest, raw perspective on things. And, um, you know, over the years, I don't feel like I've, I've lost it, but I've just kind of repositioned how I've gone about it because, you know, um, music has led me to lots of different places. I've, I've, um, you know, had the privilege of, of working, uh, with some really great artists, you know, uh, 
touring all over, specifically the U.S., and uh, doing a lot of things that if I, if I mentioned would sound very, very impressive. But the truth is, is that as I was doing it, I just really didn't feel happy. Um, and it was because I wasn't doing music in the way that spoke to me in the first place. I was just doing music in a way that I thought would uh, make me successful, uh, I guess, in the average person's terms, you know, with it. And as I got further and further into, I guess, that that success or that idea of success, it's like I wasn't I wasn't happy. And everybody around me was saying, you know, wow, what you're doing is so interesting. What you're doing is so impressive. And as they're saying it, I just felt kind of disgusting. You know, I'm yeah. just like, because I didn't, I didn't feel, I felt like I was, right. I felt like I was selling, um, like selling myself out for this idea that I didn't even really believe in in the first place, you know? So the last year and a half, um, um, I've been trying to kind of reposition myself. My, my, my daughter is, is, uh, just about to make 11 months. So, which means that she's been here for almost a year. And of course my wife was pregnant nine months before that. So really it's like right around all the same time. Um, I'm about to, we're about to bring, you know, life into the world for the first time. Having had such a rough upbringing, it's like, I want to do it differently. I want to, um, you know, do it the the right way, right. In, in a way that's going to, going to give her a leg up on the world and, and, you know, all of the things you want to do differently as a parent that you didn't have maybe when you're, when you were young. And, um, because of that, I I decided I wanted to get my songwriting back to where it was early on and, uh, get away from the ideas of, of, uh, trying to maybe appeal to a certain, um, I guess, group of people or a certain musical taste, you know, just, just really be vulnerable in songwriting and, and raw and honest in your perspective on life. And, so I've been kind of working on that, and um, about um, maybe six months ago, seven months ago, uh, I decided to release a song. I hadn't quite named the project yet, but I decided to release a song. I had actually developed it about my my daughter and my gratitude toward her because, you know, she's been that 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 new kind of medicine for me. You know, it's um there's there's something about having children that's another just yet again another cliche, but <laughs> something about having children, you know, their their newness to life. Their everything is so fresh, you know, and it's like you have so much responsibility to how they're going to uh just come into the world as a parent. And uh, I want to be the the right, you know, father figure her for her so bad that I just, my mindset has been shifting and it's just really been, I'm, I'm shedding all of the, the fat of, of what things that, that maybe aren't important and, and really trying to latch onto the things that are. And because of that, I came up with this, this music project. And so I'm calling it, uh, the canary yellow. So that's, that's the name of the, the, the idea and, or, you know, the band name or, or, or what have you. And, um, I'm using that to channel all of this, uh, you know, this, these struggles or these past kind of, you know, unfulfillments or um, maybe these these issues that I might be having with obsessiveness or or anxiety or maybe looking back on some depression that I had early in my life and I'm just trying to funnel this in a in a way that is clear and speaks to people who might be struggling with with things and they just might feel a little, little bit you know alone um, because that's what music was for me. And so I thought to myself, you know, how dare I not try to contribute back to it what it did for me uh, when I needed it, even if it only touches one person, um, you know, that's that's kind of, I was that one person, you know, so if I didn't have that, 
uh, where would I be? So that's what I've been doing, and and I've been I've been packaging it in a way that's just, um, I guess as uh, as as unassuming and as as I mentioned, just kind of raw as possible. Um, and 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 yeah, so that's that's what I've been working on. That's so beautiful. I could listen to you forever, and I think the listeners would agree. Um, but thank you so much. It's it's so wholesome. The whole thing, you know, your daughter. First of all, I can't wait to meet that little chubber. Uh, <laughs> I can't. She's adorable in pictures. I, I wonder how she's going to be like when, you know, I actually get to FaceTime with her or something. <laughs> um, and I love the aspect of music that, you know, you really are bringing out through this project. It's it's so important. I'm still in that stage, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, that I'm still figuring out what my music is because I've been so busy wearing so many different hats that this particular hat, <laughs> I'm just like, I haven't dived into it that deep, you know? So I'm not ashamed to say that, and I'm pretty sure someday soon, fingers crossed, that I will find my calling in music, what it is. But so far, I know that it's my truth, you know? And I think that's so, so important. So thank you for bringing your truth and sharing it with the world. It means so much to me. And I'm pretty sure someday when your daughter is old enough, she's going to listen to those and she's going to be a proud daughter. <laughs> so well, I hope so and I appreciate that. No, no, it, it, she is going to be and and like that's all I can say. Now, to sort of bring this all together, Joshua, what is the one thing you want our listeners to take away from this conversation today? Um, you know, my my goal with with everything in life now, whether it's this this music project or you know, my, my role as a father or a husband or just a person in, in society, you know, um, I really just want people to know that whatever they're struggling with, um, uh, they're, they're not alone. And, um, you know, I don't know what, I guess, uh, challenges they might be facing specifically, but I know that there was a time when, when I did feel like I was alone and, uh, and it's just, it's not true. So just make sure that, I guess to I would like people to know that you know don't be afraid to reach out to to somebody, uh, don't be afraid to reach inside and to know that there is there's definitely a future, uh, even if it might feel a little bit uh, rocky or unstable right now. Um, uh, try to maintain hope, and uh, I think that's what I'm trying to uh, I guess live out day to day is is the idea of being grateful for for everything and knowing that there's always. Uh, something coming on the other side. You know, we have a, a life hopefully of, you know, 75 years is kind of the average. And, you know, um, there, there will be something coming on the other side of your, your challenges as long as you just uh, choose to navigate them as in positively as a way as, as you can. And, um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think that's the best I can do for what they should get from this. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your insights, Joshua. That was absolutely calming to hear, to acknowledge. Now, do tell us where can we find you? Sure. Um, so the easiest place to find me is uh, thecanaryyellow.carrd.co. Um, that'll have all of the uh, links to anything that you might be interested in. But um, you can look up The Canary Yellow on Instagram, Facebook, 
uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, as well as Spotify, any services that you might stream music on, Apple Music, and really, really anywhere. And uh, I'm especially active on Instagram, and um, and those are the best places I think to um, to to find out what I'm, I guess, up to currently. That's amazing. So a quick note to our listeners, Joshua has done so many other wonderful talks with so many other amazing podcast hosts. Make sure that you do check out his links and each conversation he brings in a new piece of insight, a new aspect. So make sure you do that and reach out if you feel like this is someone that you are ready to talk to. If not, you can always reach out to me. And if I feel like I'm not the right fit, or if Joshua doesn't feel like he's the right fit, you know, to talk to you, we will guide you to the right person. So on that note, thank you for joining this conversation today, Joshua. It was so much fun. And I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. Yeah, Sway, thank you so much for having me. I, I very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you for taking the time.